0: Welcome to This Is Us podcast. I'm your host, Thomas Hansen, and my wife and I have the honor of serving alongside an amazing team as lead pastors of Hillsong Church in Denmark and Malmö. This podcast is a collection of short episodes regarding life, leadership, and culture. If you haven't done so already, please click follow and subscribe. And as always, if you find this to be valuable, feel free to share it with others. All right. Welcome to This Is Us podcast. Hope you're doing well. Thank you for listening in. And today I want to just share a few thoughts on inventions and innovators. Inventions and innovators. And it's basically about recognizing ideas, but also more than that, recognizing the idea makers and making sure that there is space and room in our organizations, in our lives, in our thinking for new ideas and uh, personally, I am in my daily Bible reading. I am in the Gospel of Mark. And there's just some thoughts that popped out from here that I wanted to share with you guys. And it's in Mark chapter 2, verse 18, and then again in chapter 3. But let's, let's start out with Mark chapter two, eighteen, where it says, Now John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting. Some people came and asked Jesus, How is it that John's disciples and the disciples of the Pharisees are fasting, but yours are not? Jesus answered, how can the guests of the bridegroom fast while he's with them? They cannot, so long as they have him with them. But the time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them, and on that day they will fast. Now listen to this, in verse 21, No one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment, otherwise the new piece will pull away from the old, making the tear worse, and no one pours new wine into old wineskins, otherwise the wine will burst the skins, and both the wine and the wineskins will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wineskins. There's a lot of different angles that you can take on this. these, these few verses um, in terms of old wine, new wine. Um, I have a little bit of an eye thought of that Jesus was kind of saying that what he was bringing wasn't anything new. He was just trying to let people realize what the old was because in a context of wine... Um, everyone would know that old wine is best and so for him to say what I'm bringing is new is not necessarily a good thing then in the context of the analogy but that's not really what I want to talk about I'm more talking about the context of sowing something new on something old of pouring something new that needs space in order to ferment on something that is old and stale and stagnant and The idea and the thought that I have is that often new ideas get suffocated to death in old structures. New ideas can get suffocated in culture, they can get suffocated in mindset. And I think one of the biggest challenges that we have when we come up with new ideas is that we take new ideas and we build it on old foundations. We are currently looking at an area of our house that we want to try and renovate or or do something with and we were talking with someone that designs this area of the house and we were chatting about it and basically what we were doing is that we were doing everything the same but just newer so we were doing same format same layout same structure everything was the same except that we were just trying to make it fresher or newer and and this designer, he was like, yeah, well, that is that is a classic mistake most people do when they are looking at different, you know, whether it's the kitchen or the bathroom or whatever, is that they think in the same framework of what was, as opposed to just doing a clean slate and saying, no, what else could we do? And I think this is the same of what we're seeing here. Often in organizations and churches and teams, you know, we want to come up with new ideas, but new ideas are often just the old with new paint. And I think all of us, we've got to, we've got to create a culture. We've got to create a mindset where new ideas, they, they don't get suffocated to death in old structure, in old mindset, and in old culture. Allow yourself and allow others a clean slate where new ideas can be cultivated you know it's a new new patch on or a new cloth on an old old clothes the structure must fit the content and that counts for all of us and if a new idea doesn't fit into an old culture if a new idea doesn't fit into an old system or structure and you know this will happen as generations come through you know we always say you know we're about the next generation we're about the next generation And I know that we've seen historically this happen over and over again, that the main leader gets to a certain age where we keep saying those things that we're about the next generation, but the next generation gets further and further away from the main leader, which means it gets harder and harder for the main leader to actually uh, comprehend how the new ideas can fit into the new structure. And so we've got to allow ourselves that if a new idea doesn't fit into an old culture, doesn't fit into an old system or established structure, That we got to give ourselves the time to consider which side of the equation should succeed. It's not always that, you know, new is not always good. That needs to be said. But old is not always sustainable. You know, it's not always in with the new, out with the old. Because some things are there for a reason. You know, it's always a good question to ask yourself, if you were to start over, if you were to start over, would you still do what you're doing today? If you were to take the area that you're doing right now, the ministry, the department, the team, whatever that you're leading right now, if you were to start it today, would you do today what you're currently doing? And if the answer is no, you would do it different, then the question is why are you not? You know, it's not always out with the old, in with the new. Sometimes the old is good. Okay, And not all new ideas are good ideas. That's why we've got to allow ourselves and give ourselves the permission to have time, time to consider each idea. That if a new idea is a good idea, then it's really a matter of taking some of these sacred cows called structure and systems and culture and make sure um, that that they are changed or replaced um, or stopped so that there is room for the new ideas. know that's the inventions but then you've got the innovators and that's about the people and this this is a really interesting verse if you continue on in mark chapter 3 we're here in verse 20 and this is super interesting because in Mark chapter 3 verse 20 it says jesus entered a house and again a crowd gathered okay so he's having success if you will he's having an impact And so a crowd gathered so that he and his disciples were not even able to eat. So he's busy. You know, busy doing good stuff. When his family heard about this, they went to take charge of him. For they said he's out of his mind. His family. His mom, his dad, his brother. Now, a side note is we know that later James, Jesus' brother, later becomes an apostle of Jesus. So... At some point, James has a revelation of, oh, wow, my brother or my half-brother, Jesus, was, he, he is the son of God. But at this point, he, even his family are like, oh, Jesus has lost this. He's out of his mind and they, they're trying to stop him. Now, do we think that his family were acting in the interest of the devil or were, ch- were mean people? No, I don't think so. And I think what we're seeing is that well-meaning people can be wrong. People can do, you know, the, the wrong thing for the right reason. And I think that's important to say. And it's important because otherwise we get this victim mentality. where we think that all the people that are saying, trying to stop us or limit us or put ba- you know, talk about whatever it is, you know, we think that everyone's out to get us and it's not. Sometimes people are doing the wrong thing before the right reason. They mean well i think jesus family actually meant well they weren't trying to stop a move of god they weren't trying to deny he's the son of god they just didn't have that level of revelation yet and you you know we could say that genius are never understood in their own lifetime um but at the end of the day i think there's more to it i think it's just a timing and it's in terms of revelation What's interesting is that you go on to verse 22 and it says the teachers of the law who came down from Jerusalem said he's possessed possessed by Beelzebub, like he's by the prince of demons. He's driving out demons. And so first his family tried to stop him. And then the families went to the experts of the day who then accused him of having demons. And I think this is the other side that that I want to say. And that is you can always find a so-called expert to back you up always i was uh, talking to someone recently and who's recently started coming to our church and you know we're talking about you know what do we believe as a church and some of our theologies and one of the things that was mentioned in this conversation was they said yeah because science tells us now and then you know went on to say what science is telling us that basically was used as an argument for saying that our theology should catch up with science now i get what we're trying to say and and again i know this person this person meant well but i think you can say even the wrong thing for the right reason because the person meant well but like i said to them is also what i'm saying now and that is you can always find an expert so-called expert to back you up you can find experts to back up your theology you can find experts to attack your theology you can find experts that back your view on everything from sexuality, politics, um, creation, um, gender, whatever it is that you believe, you can find experts that are gonna back you and you can find experts that are gonna disagree with you. And you saw this in the day of Jesus. If anyone would have been an expert of the day to talk with, if someone was out of their mind, it would have been the, the teachers of the law. So his family tried to stop Jesus. They went to the experts who agreed with the family and said, yep, he's lost it, he's out of his mind. And it's, he's using demons to drive out demons. Obviously, Jesus he he you know dismissed it and said, "If a house is divided against itself, that house cannot stand." And and obviously stopped them. Now the danger of what I'm saying, I, I understand the danger. The danger of all of this is that we think uh, that this justifies going solo. You know going Like no one understands where I'm coming from. I'm a genius. I'm not. An, I'm misunderstood. No one understands me in my generation. We hear the, a little bit of this tones uh, with certain individuals around the world right now. No one understands me. I'm special. I'm a genius. Um, genius are always misunderstood, and th- we got we got to be careful of that because isolation is not a good place to be in. And the Bible warns us of this. And obviously it's a hard thing to, to find the balance in when, when right now we're talking about even family and experts didn't understand Jesus. But Proverbs eleven fourteen, it says that, you know, um, in, a, in a multitude of counselors, there is safety. And he who isolates himself rages against all wise judgment. And so isolation is never the key. If you feel like you got a call of God in your life to do something great, whatever it is, it could also be, you know, like when we're talking great, it could just be that you feel like you have like a eureka God idea. It could be in ministry, it could be for a business, it could be anything that you like, you've got this idea and no one gets it, you know? Like I just, no one gets, I've got this idea. And there are moments like that. I remember when we first started church here in Copenhagen or before we started, but when we started talking about starting church here in Denmark, man, the amount of people, well-meaning people, family, you know, people who who said the wrong thing before the right reason, people who meant well would literally say to me, This is the wrong thing. You will regret this for the rest of your life. You are doing the wrong thing. You know, that's the encouragement I got in 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 what we believe was a good idea. And so there will be there will be moments where you're gonna go, No, I need to back this. I genuinely believe. You know, like Noah, I'm going to start building this ark in the desert, even though I don't know what rain is. I've never seen it in my lifetime, but God says it's going to come and we need an ark, whatever that is. There's going to be moments like that. But, 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 it doesn't dismiss the principle of having counselors around you. And I had counselors around me, and I know that Jesus already had people around him as well. Proverbs 11:14 in a multitude of counselors there is safety so the question is not what do people say it's the wrong question to ask the question is who says what who says what who says what who do you have in your world who understands you as a person who understands at least part of your idea and that who is who is that you are willing to listen to who has the permission to counsel you and they might not understand exactly um, the idea because it's so unique, but they can counsel you in how to go about it. And my, my challenge is always, and the alarm bells always go up when, when no one's even willing to listen to counsel. So, but remember the question is not what do people say? Because a lot of people will say a lot of things. You know, it's like the old saying of like, they said this, or they say that. And it's like, who are they? Who are they? You know, or everyone is saying this, or everyone is thinking this. Who is everyone? I- I've realized that everyone is often one or two people, and it's often people that have no relevance to what you're doing, you know? And so it's not what are people saying. It's not about the anonymous keyboard warrior on the internet. It doesn't matter what they're saying. That's not what matters. It- the question is not what do people say or think. The question is who says what. So when someone has feedback on your idea has feedback on you your leadership your character your life ask yourself who are they and who are they to you like what's their qualifications to speak to you i just got an anonymous email sent to me yesterday um and it was pretty derogatory towards me and our church and um i i, I list and i read it because i think that the worst thing you do with critic is just dismiss it i think you should you should get yourself into a healthy position where you are strong and you can read stuff without it throwing you off course. Read it, ask yourself, is there anything in this that could be true? Yes, yeah, is there anything we can learn from this? And if there is, make the, the necessary adjustments. But if there's not, then look at who sent this. Is this someone I respect? Is this someone who's built something? Because we live in a day and age right now where a whole bunch of people have a whole bunch of opinions to everybody else, but they haven't built anything themselves. And so I looked at the sender and go, it wasn't even a full name. It was just anonymous, it was or a well, first name. And, um, and it was not a person that had any credibility because I didn't know who they were. And so I'm, I'm gonna send a polite reply um, later today, but I'm not gonna change my whole life based on this one random email. The question is who says what? Get people in your world that you trust, people that have experience, people that are further ahead of you, people that have the, the guts to actually stand up to you if something needs to be challenged in your life, that have the authority to speak up to you, that have the, the ability to go around you if they need to, to speak up to you in order to get you to listen. Have those people in your world, people that love you and they will tell you what you need to know and that you need to hear. Innovations, innovators, we need them. We need them in culture. We need them in organizations. And too often they get suffocated to death because we're just not flexible enough to give them space, to allow that prophetic voice, to allow that innovative voice, to allow the innovators and the pioneers give them space. We're not often not flexible enough because we're just running, you know, in the the same structure and system, but have enough flexibility that there's room enough and then slow yourself down enough that you can consider which one, which side of the equation should, should succeed should it be the idea or should it be our structure not everything old is bad not everything new is good and vice versa and let's believe that we can continue to be teams departments churches organizations businesses that are continually innovating and evolving into everything god has called us to be and do bless you thank you for listening to this is us podcast whether you listen to them as an individual or as a team, we hope that they add value to you. Make sure to click follow or subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. Thank you for joining us. We are who we are. This is us.